7 a.m. on the West Coast, 10 a.m. on the East Coast of America. It's 3 p.m. in London, 11 p.m. in Kyoto, Japan. And in Malaysia, it's 1974. I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Hello and welcome in. Happy Wednesday? Already? It's Wednesday. How did it get to be Wednesday? Just like that. Boom. We are here. We're live across uh, four different platforms, actually. We are on uh, twitch.tv, Jay Sheldon No Pants. That's, by the way, where you'll find our Miko merchandise. There you go. And Facebook Live. Also, I'm not wearing pants is the page on Facebook. And also uh, YouTube, Jay Sheldon Malaysia is where our YouTube channel is. And once again, we are live on rumble.com. Uh, like I tell you every time, fair warning, rumble.com's software is so bad, their ingestion system, that right now we're about 30 seconds delayed between the time I say something and the time you see it. By the time we get through a half an hour or 45 minutes of this show, it is up to 10 or 15 minutes delayed, which is insane. I've written to their tech people. There's not really much of an answer. I'm consider because I pay for this ability to go on rumble.com and it ain't cheap, let me tell you. I'm seriously considering just dumping it. If they can't fix the problem, it's ridiculous to try and do an hour-long live show that you only get to see 45 minutes of. It's a lot better. I just record these, and as I always do, upload the full show to rumble.com under my channel, J. Sheldon No Pants. I'm seriously considering just dumping the live Rumble stream because if they can't fix it, the problem's not from my side. Everyone else, YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, they're all fine. There's the normal kind of lag. But the latency on Rumble is beyond ridiculous. So seriously, for what they charge me, I'm considering <clears throat> not worth the price. But you'll still get to see our shows, of course. Now, if you're listening on the podcast, the audio-only portion of our show, whether it's uh, Apple Podcasts, Google's, Ditcher, uh, Spotify, thank you for your downloads and your subscriptions over there. Uh, you can always watch the visual version of our show either on Facebook. Uh, Twitch doesn't last forever because they delete the shows after a certain amount of time. But all of our history, all 117 shows, you can find on uh, rumble.com. Sign up for a free account. There's no cost. And just go to J. Sheldon No Pants. You'll, you'll find us all there. If you want to support the show, of course, patreon.com slash Sheldon is the place to go to help to support the show. And uh, that's, uh, that's all the business I have to take care of tonight as far as, as, far as that goes. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. It's time. Miko update. <laughs> Miko update. There we go. Miko update, and uh, Miko is right now out under the waning full moon. Last night was the full moon. It was beautiful. 
absolutely amazing full moon last night. And appropriately, last night was the Mid-Autumn Festival, uh, or Mooncake Festival, or Full Moon Festival. There's a million names for this thing. And uh, let me show you a picture. There we go. There's the little girl, uh, Miko, and up, let me get my mouse back, there you go. The full moon over the uh, neighbor's house there, and there's the little girl, there's my car. <laughs> so yeah, we had a, a bit of a celebration uh, going on. There's uh, our little setup. We had some tea, we had, moon, we had mooncake with dragon meat. Oh my God, it was so good. Mooncakes, I'll tell you a little about mooncakes in a minute. But they're round and they're shaped like the moon. They have a bunch of representational stuff. And there's all kinds of flavors. There's pandan, there's, uh, you name it. There's, they've, begot, they've gotten really creative. But for the first time, I found uh, dragon meat mooncake. And you know, if you are familiar with my channels at all, that I love dragon meat. Now, people argue with me that it's called bakwa, stuff like that, but it, it, trust me, they just don't want you to know that it really is the meat of actual real dragons because, you know, they're very rare, consequently very expensive. But the dragon meat mooncake was absolutely delicious. I think I've got a, yeah, you can kind of see it there in the table by the teapot. And we had the lantern going, of course, and somehow Miko stars in every one of these shots. So this is, now there you go. It's impossible to see really, but there's the round moon cake all cut up with the dragon meat inside, a couple of teacups and our pot of uh, Chinese tea. There you go. So we had a, a really cool celebration last night. And basically you just, uh, you, you sit and you drink tea and you eat moon cake and you look at the moon. It was full last night and it was clear, it was absolutely beautiful. What a great night. And um, if you're not familiar, <coughs> excuse me, if you're not familiar with mooncakes, I found this cool little piece from World of Buzz, a hat tip to uh, the folks at World of Buzz. And um, this is a little 101 about mooncakes. The symbol of the full moon is represented by the yolk in the middle. Normally there's a yolk inside. They, they come also without yolks, but Traditionally, they would have a yoke, which represents the full moon. And these insides are thick in the center and thin on the outside. And that is a trait inherited from China's Jiangsu and Zhejiang provinces. The cake is called Taishi cake, and it's uh, the origin of the moon cake. Top is usually embossed with some sort of a flowery pattern or Chinese characters or something. Uh, often that represent mid-autumn. And the round shape symbolizes the moon, which represents family and peace. And uh, here, this will give you some idea as to the different kinds. They've got sweet potato, durian, snow skin, green tea, chocolate, salted egg, because, you know, there's salted egg everything these days. So, of course, there's salted egg mooncake. Uh, red bean, which is one of my favorites. I love red bean. Uh, five kernel and roast pork. Nice. And white lotus, also one of my favorite white lotus. But I'll tell you what, after last night, I think dragon meat mooncake 
might take over my top favorite spot because it was very, very yummy. It was really good. Um, okay. So that's Miko update and Mooncake update. <laughs> uh, you know, like I said, people ask what this show is about. And my first answer is it's about an hour. And my second answer is it's a curated collection of crap that I found interesting on the web. Mostly <laughs> junk. But, you know, a few important things along the way. Hey, um, in the news today, or actually, I guess, yeah, it was earlier today, I think, um, there was an earthquake, which was quite substantial in uh, Australia, mostly, but it was found, uh, felt uh, around in lots of parts of the world. I don't believe it was uh, felt in Malaysia, Um but the Melbourne area, and I know I've actually got a few viewers and listeners down in Melbourne. I don't know if you're with me now, but uh, likely you'll hear this show at some point. But the earthquake videos show strewn rubble and homes shaking in Australia. Um, I'll try and, here we go, there's a bit of footage from, uh, wow. Bunch of bricks in the middle of the road, a lot of dust in the air. I don't know if that's fog or dust. But uh, yeah, these scenes from uh, Melbourne, Australia, a restaurant has uh, begun to crumble after the earthquake. Some emergency vehicles there. Oh, look at that. All the bricks have fallen down, a piece of the roof missing. Pretty substantial damage. I mean, you know, I've seen worse, but goodness, wow, that's bad. Okay, uh, 5.9 magnitude earthquake struck the southeastern Australia state of Victoria Wednesday, uh, felt in the country's second most populous city, Melbourne, and several of the videos have been uh, posted to social media. The epicenter located in Mansfield, Victoria, which is about 124 miles away from uh, Melbourne. And uh, Geoscience Australia, the Australian government agency that reports on significant earthquakes, said it was detected at 9.15 local time and occurred at a depth of about 10 kilometers, which is around 6.2 miles. Uh, the PM down in Australia said there are no reports of any serious injuries as of Wednesday morning. I also checked with my uh, very good friend down there uh, in Melbourne, and uh, he said he's, he's fine, no problem. But he did, he did feel it. So, yeah, it was, it's a substantial earthquake. It's a 5.9 is, uh, is pretty heavy duty. Wow. All right. Um, what else have we got? Oh, <laughs> if you watched our last show, uh, the theme, one of the themes that we covered was Love Your V, which had to do with the Labris uh, sanitary pads and the uh, ridiculous uh, people who were complaining about it and, the, you know, the people who still live in the dark ages. Well, as I hoped would happen, did. The products are flying off the shelf. This story from uh, the RockyoutPost.com, a tip of the hat to the Rockyout Post. Labrice sanitary pads fly off the shelves as women support the ban after shaming from religious body. Uh, didn't expect their condemnation to push the brand even more into the spotlight, but it did, and good for you. In fact, obviously, I have no particular need 
to buy this product, but I'm considering if I can find one going out and buying a pack, maybe donate it because sadly there are people who can't afford these things uh, in this country. And uh, it's, it's good, uh, great to have uh, social media stand up to the morons and, and say, piss off. <laughs> I love stories like this. <laughs> okay, what else have we got? Oh, another World of Buzz. Damn, you know what? I got to really thank the folks at World of Buzz. They do such cool stuff. And I use a lot of their stuff too. So we really, you know, I mean, they make money off the clicks. So click away. But really, thank you, World of Buzz, for, uh, for all that you do. We have, we have not cornered the market on parking idiots in this country. But for some reason, we have a lot of them. We have many more than our fair share of stupid parking morons. They park in front of my house. They leave me barely enough room to get out of my driveway gate. Um, and it's, you know, nobody's supposed to be parking on the road, but the space in front of your house is supposed to be your space. Anyway, uh, the dull parking here is insane. Uh, I used to work at an office where we had to park downstairs. It was a small shop lot lane, and the double parkers were unbelievable. Oh, I'm just going to run in for a minute. Well, screw you. Find a parking space. So you got to walk a couple of blocks. Deal with it. And the, I'm telling you, one of the things that we do here or people do here, not me because I don't double park. I will walk a mile or I will drive around the block for an hour before I find a parking space before I would ever double park. And that's not, oh, yay me, aren't I a great guy? That's just the thing to do if you're a decent person and not a complete butthole, okay, which you double parker idiots are. I'm going to show you one in just a second. But here's another trick they pull. They leave a note on their windshield saying, here's my number, call me and I'll move my car. You know what? It's not my job if you blocked my car to take the time and call you to ask you if you'd come move your car. Screw that. I, it's not my job. Don't park behind my car. It's really just that simple. It's not my job to call you and tell you to move your car. You shouldn't be there in the first place. Well, here's someone who'd had it, and good for you. Honda HRV repeatedly knocks into illegally parked Perodua Oxia that's blocked his exit. Now, this moron here, take a look at this. I love this guy. I wish he'd have just hit the Petra, hit the gas, and just smashed the crap out of this car. There's audio here, but I, I don't want to play it because I'll get us. Uh, here we go. Check this out. Guy's trying to get his car out. So he just, he just backs into him. So then this moron who parked illegally and blocked the guy from getting out finally gets in his car, not even a, oh, I'm sorry, not a how do you do or excuse me or sorry about that. Nope just got in the car and drove away like he had every right and he wasn't some sort of complete moron idiot for parking there. So bravo to you, this guy in the car that was blocked, 
for backing into his car. If I had a complaint at all, it would be that you should have done it harder. You should have really dented the crap out of that car and he would have deserved it. Mohanad the Mighty has joined the stream. <sighs> Hello, Mohanad. You know, it's a good thing you did join the, tree, the stream because I needed a distraction. These morons who parked like this piss me off so much and I was, I was starting on a rant and now I've backed off a little bit because I saw your, your hello. So, hello, Mohanad. Thank you. No, seriously. If you do things like this, you're an idiot and you get what you deserve. From now on, I'm doing the same thing. And let me tell you, I drive a 2005 Pro, uh, Proton Perodua. It is a big mother car with a big ass end on it. And if I back into your car, you're going to know you've been backed into. So you double park me, you park me so I can't get out. Welcome to the real world, folks. You're going to get J-Justice is what you're going to get. Uh, hand to God, I will absolutely do it. <laughs> anyway, Mohanad, nice to see you there in uh, watching live from uh, Saudi Arabia. All right, cool. You are still in Saudi, yeah, I assume. Um, all right. It is, uh, yeah, we're all going a little stir crazy here because it's still semi-lockdown, working from home. We've been doing it for so long now. I, you know, I almost forget what it's like to be in the office. Although, <laughs> we had a conference today and uh, uh, the woman I work with uh, was at the office in the conference room. And it's like, oh, I haven't seen that place in so long. It was so weird. Uh, hopefully we'll all get back to it before long. But um, again, a hat tip to the wonderful folks at World of Buzz. But, um, you know, like I said, they share cool stuff and I'm sharing it with you. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people are still working with uh, from home. In fact, a, another conference I had online today was with uh, a customer in Australia and a customer here in Malaysia and here myself in my studio. And... Um, yeah, so we're all working from home. Uh, they don't call me Mohanad the Mighty for no reason, you know. I'm always here to save lives and harvest some on my way. Ooh, that sounds very ominous. <laughs> okay, uh, six daily habits for Malaysians, or actually not just Malaysians, anyone anywhere on the planet who happens to be listening or watching. Uh, to over uh, to maintain overall wellness at home, and these things actually work. Uh, self care linked with being selfish or self indulgent, but the the truth is self care is quite an important aspect to ensuring your well being in the long run. And they've got these tips here for you if you do work at home or you're stuck at home or you're in quarantine or whatever it might be. And they're quite brilliant, actually. Without having thought about it, I realize I actually do a bunch of this stuff just naturally. I just do. Start your morning with some enthusiasm by spending 10 minutes outside. I grab a cup of coffee. And I go through all my social media, listen to a few podcasts. I probably spend an hour outside in the morning after I first wake up, uh, just soaking up some sunshine. But uh, at least give yourself a good 10 minutes, 
maybe a nice cup of tea or coffee. And um, the 10 minutes, by the way, if you are in the sun, is about what they say you need for your vitamin D production. So you get around to that, strengthen your immune, uh, immune system. It also helps to regulate your sleep. Um, oh, be aware the morning sun means from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. After that, the sun exposure can be harmful. Well, not harmful, but you know, you get too much of it, too much of anything, okay? Um, stimulate your fun-loving sense self with pleasant sense. Not a bad idea. I used to have a, um, a vaporizer thing that I had running in the bedroom. <coughs> Excuse me, I, I haven't used it for a few months now, but not a bad idea. Breathing exercises, very helpful. Uh, the 478 method, I already told you about that for a way to get to sleep. Once you get in, you lay down in bed, you get comfortable in a nice position, you're relaxed, and then you breathe in for four seconds, hold it for seven seconds, and then breathe out for eight seconds. Trust me, I have done this now for years, and it works. Sometimes you only need to do it once. Sometimes you'll do it four, five, six times. You don't need to do it many more than that, but let your mind go. If something crosses your mind, let it come in, let it go back out again. But the four, seven, eight method, 100% works every time. Next thing you know, you're asleep and you don't know what's going on. You, unless you lucid dream, you wake up in the morning. But that's a great idea also to uh, do some aromatherapy. Uh, lavender reduces stress. Sandalwood calms the nerves, help you to focus. Lemon can regulate your mood, aids in digestion, and chamomile can regulate your mood and improve relaxation. Here's one very important. I am a clutter freak. I hate clutter. Declutter your workspace. The space that you have, this studio that I'm in is also the space where I spend most of my day working in my regular job. And uh, I've got it really pretty well organized. Um, I've got my laptop, I've got my extra monitor, my lights, I've got my controller over here, I've got my headset stand. Everything is laid out and organized so I can grab stuff when I need it. But that's, you know, there are a lot of people whose desks for working at home are a mess. You get it organized, you'll find how much more relaxed you are and how much de-stressing it will do. Uh, go fully offline at least one hour prior to bedtime. That will help. A delay in the release of melatonin causes less restful sleep. And media consumption can cause you to start comparing yourself or your life with others. You start thinking about things. The stress levels build up is just not good for you, not to mention the whole blue light problem. So don't go to bed till midnight. That way you can stay up the hour with me and watch my show. And then an hour later, you can go to sleep. Okay. Uh, stay involved in your work by taking 10 minute nap breaks. I'm a big fan of naps. Even 10 minutes, that's all you need. Set a 10 minute timer. Just snooze, let yourself go for 10 minutes, and it really will help. And nurture your caring side by helping those in need. This is a nice thing. Um, triggering 
happy hormones in your brain, helping others who are in need, doing something genuinely nice, donating, whether it's from your bank account or from your time bank. Just giving of your time would, uh, would be helpful. Not a bad idea. And thank you to uh, World of Buzz. That's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant stuff. All right. Um, what else have we got going on? Because we're going to get to our book here in just a bit. Oh, <laughs> I, I love this. I had a discussion a few days ago with a friend of mine on Facebook. And he and I are on kind of political opposite ends of the spectrum. What we believe, what we don't believe, believe in. Uh, we see eye to eye on some things, but on other things, we don't. We live in an age where if you don't agree with me, or if I don't agree with you, then this it's almost virtually cancel culture-y where, you know, they start complaining and, oh, either you offended me or you're racist or whatever it might be. <clears throat> Nobody can have an opposite opinion these days that you don't just block them or cut them off or shut them down or report them to, you know, Facebook or YouTube or wherever, Google or whatever. So he and I were discussing something that we did not particularly agree about. And we actually said to each other, you know, I don't agree with you about this, but that's okay. We don't have to agree. That's how we learn. We present our opinion. I present mine. He presents his. We argue the facts, not argue in some, you know, busted up sort of way. We just say, well, this is how I feel about it, and here's why. And he says, well, I feel this way, and here's why. And, and we, it was so nice because we actually said to each other, you know what? We don't have to agree. We, neither of us has to win. We can just acknowledge that our opinions are different. We can still be friends. And life goes on. And I hate to be terribly Pollyanna, rose-colored glasses about it, but it's true. How much better would it be if we just agreed to disagree? It doesn't end a friendship. In some cases, family ties. Whatever it might be, we just disagree about it. And that's okay. Keep that in mind the next time you see somebody or you're talking to somebody that, um, that doesn't agree with you or you don't agree with them. You don't have to. Thank God we're not all the same. Thank God we're all different and we have different ideas and different opinions. It's what makes life, life. Mohanad says, indeed, that's why I hate discussing anything on the internet. <laughs> really 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 seriously <laughs> it's um it's always a challenge these days we can agree to disagree that's what life is all about mm. okay all right i'm sorry i had to sneak another cup of uh, sip of coffee there yes it really is it's really coffee in my miko mug from twitch.tv j sheldon no pants miko merch Please check it out. Buy something.
Okay, uh, it's time to move on and move up and move over to our book. Um, <clears throat> I got to plug Gutenberg.org. We get all of these books that we read from the Gutenberg Project at Gutenberg.org. Totally free. You can donate to help their website and their cause. And if you can, please do, because they are amazing. All the classic books are there. We've picked many, many that we've read here on the stream over the last 117 episodes. We did The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, The Little Prince, Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland, Velveteen Rabbit. We are currently doing H.G. Wells' The War of the Worlds. And uh, I think we're up to about halfway through Chapter 12 in our book. And uh, it's been an interesting ride. The Martians have landed, the Martians are taking over, and the Martians are burning and killing about everything in sight. So, um, yeah, we're going to move on and move up and uh, continue on with our, our book. Just before we do that, we want to give one last plug for you to go help support the stream patreon.com slash jsheldon. If you sign up for our tier level number two, you will get exclusive access to all of our books, our classic books that we've read, organized by the book and by chapters. And it's like an ebook, but it's got my ugly face in the video reading the book. So uh, check it out, patreon.com slash jsheldon. If you'd like to help support the stream, you can do that for a very small amount every month. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, here we go. It's The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. Hit, shouted I, with something between a scream and a cheer. The shell burst clean in the face of the thing. The, the hood bulged, flashed, whirled off in a dozen tattered fragments of red flesh and glittering metal. I heard answering shouts from the people in the water above me. I, I could have leaped out of the water with that momentary exultation. The decapitated colossus reeled like a drunken giant, but it did not fall over. It recovered its balance by a miracle, and no longer heeding its steps, and with the camera that fired the heatway now rigidly upheld, it reeled swiftly upon Shepperton. The living intelligence, the Martian within the hood, was slain and splashed to the four winds of heaven, and the thing was now but a mere intricate device of metal whirling to destruction. It drove along in a straight line, incapable of guidance. It struck the tower of the Shepperton church smashing it down as the impact of a battering ram might have done, swerved aside, blundered on, and collapsed with tremendous force into the river, out of my sight. A violent explosion shook the air, and a spout of water, steam, mud, and shattered metal shot up far into the sky. As the camera of the heat ray hit the water, the ladder had immediately flashed into steam. In another moment, 
a huge wave like a muddy tidal bore but almost scaldingly hot came sweeping around the bend upstream. I saw people struggling shorewards and heard their screaming and shouting faintly above the seething and the roar of the Martians' collapse. For a moment, I heeded nothing of the heat, forgot the patent need of self-preservation. I splashed through the tumultuous water, pushing aside a man in black to do so until I could see round the bend. Half a dozen deserted boats pitched aimlessly upon the confusion of the waves. The fallen Martian came into sight downstream, lying across the river and, for the most part, submerged. Thick clouds of steam were pouring off the wreckage and through the tumultuously whirling wisps I could see intermittently and vaguely the gigantic limbs churning the water, flinging a splash and spray of mud and froth in the air. The tentacles swayed and struck like living arms, and save for the helpless purposelessness of their movements, it was as if some wounded thing were struggling for its life amidst the waves. Enormous qualities of a ruddy brown fluid were spurting up in noisy jets out of the machine. My attention was diverted from this death flurry by a furious yelling like, like that of the thing called a siren in our manufacturing towns. A man, knee-deep near the towering path, shouted inaudibly to me and pointed. Looking back, I saw the other Martians advancing with gigantic strides down the riverbank from the direction of Chertsey. The shepherd and guns spoke this time unavailingly. At that, I ducked at once under the water and, holding my breath until movement was an agony, blundered painfully ahead under the surface as long as I could. The water was in a tumult around me and rapidly growing hotter. When for a moment I raised my head to take a breath, and throw the hair and water from my eyes. The steam was rising in a whirling white fog that at first hid the Martians altogether. The noise was deafening. Then I saw them dimly, colossal figures of gray magnified by the mist. They had passed by me, and two were stooping over the frothing, tumultuous ruins of their comrade. The third and fourth stood beside him in the water, one perhaps two hundred yards from me, the other towards Lailham. The generators of the heat rays waved high, and the hissing beams smote down this way and that. The air was full of sound, a deafening and confusing conflict of noises, the clangorous din of the Martians, the crash of falling houses, the thud of trees, fences, sheds flashing into flame, and the crackling and roaring of fire. Dense black smoke was leaping up to mingle with the steam from the river 
and as the heat ray went to and fro over Weybridge, its impact was marked by flashes of incandescent white that gave place at once to a smoky dance of lurid flames. The nearer houses stood intact, awaiting their fate, shadowy, faint, and pallid in the stream, with the fire behind them going to and fro. For a moment, perhaps, I, I stood there, breast-high in the almost boiling water, dumbfounded at my position, hopeless of escape. Through the reek I could see the people who'd been with me in the river scrambling out of the water through the reeds, like little frogs hurrying through grass from the advance of a man, or running to and fro in utter dismay on the towering path. Then, suddenly, the white flashes of the heat ray came leaping toward me. The houses caved in as they dissolved at its touch and darted out flames. The trees changed to fire with a roar. The ray flickered up and down the towering path, licking off people who ran this way and that, and came down to the water's edge not fifty yards from where I stood. It swept across the river to Shepperton, and the water in its track rose in a boiling wheel crest with steam, and I turned shoreward. In another moment, the huge wave, well nigh at the boiling point, had rushed upon me. I screamed aloud and scalded, half-blinded, agonized. I staggered through the leaping, hissing water towards the shore. Had my foot stumbled, it would have been the end. I fell helplessly in full sight of the Martians upon the broad, bare, gravelly spit that runs down to mark the angle of the way and the Thames. I expected nothing but death. I have a dim memory of the foot of a Martian coming down within a score of yards of my head, driving straight into the loose gravel, whirling it this way and that, and lifting again of a long suspense, and then of the four carrying the, the debris of their comrade between them, now clear and then presently faint through a veil of smoke receding interminably, as it seemed to me, across a vast space of river and meadow. And then, very slowly, I realized that, by some miracle, I had escaped. Wow. That was chapter 12. Exciting. The War of the Worlds, H.G. Wells. Coming up on our next stream on uh, Saturday night, we'll move on to chapter 13, which is called How I Fell In with the Curate. That'll be coming up on our stream on Saturday night. All right, my friends, that's going to do it for I'm Not Wearing Pants for yet another day. Our 117th show. Goodness. Wow. Thank you for staying with me. All your downloads and your likes and shares and subscribes. Uh, please also, we're trying to get our subscriptions up over on YouTube. So if you can, just take a second. 
click on the link I put in the description for some of the places where we are live. It's uh, YouTube. Look for J. Sheldon Malaysia. And uh, you'll, I think you'll see this logo or my face. Anyway, you'll see all our shows there under our live playlist. And uh, we're up to about 330, 40 subscriptions or so or more. Thank you. Thank you for that. Please subscribe on YouTube. Appreciate that. All right, guys. See you again on Saturday night. In the meantime, I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>